Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. I'm Thomas Miller. Get your notepad out. You're getting ready to hear a good one. I'm just telling you, I know what's in this episode now because we just finished recording it, (laughs) and it's going to be good. Do you want a technique? Well, we have a listener question that is going to really lock in a technique we've talked about in the past, but this is excellent, and you will want to go to the show notes because a link to my chart and Robert's chart are in there, and you'll need that as this episode unfolds. Here's our question from Julie. Thank you so much for that recent Old Soul, New Soul podcast about the midheaven technique, moving the midheaven in your chart um, and counting the degrees. Revelatory. I'm definitely going to be going back, looking at my natal chart and doing the same thing and figuring some things out. But I did have a question. Can you do the same technique for any planet in your chart? moving it and counting degrees so how long it takes to get to the next planet, if it's in opposition to another planet or if it's square another planet, how many degrees that takes. I want to know if you can do that with every single planet in your chart. So if uh, you can answer that question, that would be amazing. And I just want to say a big thank you for all of the efforts that you do for the collective. You're having such a great impact, I think, on um, many people's lives. So I, for one, am most appreciative and thank you. I love the way Julie thinks. I hope every astrologer thinks this way. Thomas, you've been in some of my classes and workshops, and you know that one of my mantras when you look at a horoscope is, quote-unquote, make something out of everything you see. And that includes what Julie just hit on symbolically moving each planet forward and backward at one degree per year symbolically to make aspects absolutely valid now i don't want julie or anybody else to get confused with moving the midheaven to rectify a chart and moving the planets symbolically it's just, it looks like the same techniques but the re- the reason that you use the midheaven in rectification is because that point is determined, it, it will change one degree every four minutes of birth time. And what you're trying to do in rectification is get to as close to a precise birth time as you can. So when you move the midheaven back and forth in the zodiac to form aspects with the birth planets at different ages, using one degree for an age, the the goal of that technique is to get to a, a birth time. And you may have to adjust the midheaven. I just had to do this the other day, although it worked out. I, I asked her, uh, a client, I said, did your family move? In fact, several times, but especially at age four, at least two moves around age four. She had her midheaven, I think, in Gemini and something. Uh, but uh, she said, yes, we did it. So I didn't have to go any further. And she was a knowledgeable enough astrologer to know how we were doing, the, using the midheaven to rectify. So she understood the technique of it. But I explained to her, if you had been five or six when that move happened, or those two moves, then we would have changed or adjusted the midheaven by, say, one or two degrees. And then using that revised midheaven, we'd have gone on to move it to make aspects to see if we did get a pretty exact correlation. But yes, this notion of moving the planet symbolically, absolutely. One thing you can do, 
is to remember an orary technique. In orary astrology, the planets are not allowed to leave the signs they are in to form aspects. So when you're doing this technique that Julie's just beginning to explore, that's why I love how our mind is working, you just simply look and see if I leave this this planet in the sign that it's in at birth, what aspects does it make? What aspects coming up does it make? If I move it forward in the zodiac, what aspects does it make if I move it backward in the zodiac? So yes, I thank you, Julie. That's the kind of astrology mind we need more of. Now, one thing that you mentioned is when you get an aspect, so if you're moving a planet around, let's say you're moving Mars and looking for maybe an injury to the head, <laughs> and you get it, and it's at age whatever, or X number of degrees apart, you don't need to keep milking it, right? Once you get an aspect, that's the answer. You're good to go. That really is, Thomas, and good point. Is for, for example, when you're using the midheaven, moving it back and forth to rectify a chart, as I was telling this client the other day, once you hit on one, her, the first question I asked her, and this is what you want, uh, the very first question, I said, you know, you, you've moved a lot in your life. In fact, starting early, and it looks like around age four, did your family move either twice that year? Or was there a Oh, yes. And she started getting into her background, you see. And it was very important, this very early archetype of financial hardships forcing us to move. That's built into her DNA because it was a very early aspect. So, yes, it's in, in, invaluable information, really. But that's the midheaven with the planets. Uh, I love doing it because you can look and see, for example, I am born with... Uh, Let's see, I've got a, a sun square Saturn, at which mature, now, and you can do this with aspects too, Julie. I have my sun square Saturn by two degrees. So basically every two years of my life, my natal sun square Saturn archetype is active or initiated again. So it becomes built into my DNA. It's every two years. So my life is sun square Saturn uh, that just involving those two planets. At the same time, I have Venus trine my Saturn in my 10th house. Now, Saturn is my chart ruler. It rules my ascendant, Julie Capricorn. So I have Venus trine that Saturn, wonderful aspect to have. Well, Venus is at four degrees in my chart, Saturn's at 10 degrees, six degree difference. So every six years of my life, my Venus trine Saturn natal configuration will be active, predominant in my life that year, every six years. And I can go back and see that. So you just see how, how I'm encouraging you to think Okay, you just mentioned now that your Sun and Saturn are two degrees apart. Saturn's at 10, Sun's at 8, all right? So we've got that context. I've got a Saturn aspect in my chart. <laughs> I have one, too. And yeah. mine is one degree apart. And my Saturn, which also sits in the same seventh house as yours, is just one degree away square from the nodes of the moon. So how so do we look at that? Again, make something out of everything you see. In other words, symbolically, your your square there is is one year apart. So basically, it means that square archetype, everything it means, the nodes and, and Mars, was it? The nodes of the moon and Saturn. 
and Saturn. Okay, so that square, which is really important uh, in your life, is basically active every year of your life. And this will be true for any aspects that are only one degree apart from being partile or exact in your chart. So they're built into your DNA. That's why they're so powerful, if you will, and definitive. And you know, Thomas, if you look, if you think of the nodes in your case as being associations, groups, the collective, and Saturn being your career, this is why I encourage astrologers to think you've got basically a T-square there. And, and a lot of the old books make a T-square bad. It isn't. I have it too. And one of the things it does make you is ambitious if you're smart, if you're conscious, because it inherently is frustrated with the status quo of the collective. The collective being the, the nodal archetypes, that axis in your chart, society out there, or just your community if you're local, or if you're a tribesman in the, in the jungle. It still is your society and your sense of order and structure and expertise and wisdom, Saturn, is square that nodal axis. So you came in to be frustrated in a divine discontent way with what you saw around you to see if you would lead your own and structure your own life or you would try to conform with what the group expected of you through those nodes. And that becomes true every year of your life because it's one degree apart. So what it means is if you're smart like you have been, you evolve to a career that involves changing the status quo in the collective through your accrued wisdom. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That's the ideal. That's how that's ex you you just scripted my life, Robert. <laughs> On the negative side, it can be issues having to do with control. And the control ultimately, of course, becomes Saturnian, which in your case means, and you've got it in its home sign in Capricorn. So, of course, you would learn this lesson. But it becomes uh, becoming the wise old man archetype, if you will. But this was going back to your birth, Thomas. You were born a wise old man. You know, in a sense, and I think just what I know about your background with your religious, strong religious background, that kind of Saturnian authority would be the prime area of challenge involving this Saturn in a T-square with the nodes, with the associations around you. And that becomes the sort of motivating or divine conflict in your life is to learn through real experience, Saturn. That includes hardships, hurts, disappointments, all of those things. Learning through those wisdom, and you found it in metaphysics, for example, and broadcasting, spreading the word about your own experiences with these areas, which is an invaluable thing to do, because you're reaching, frankly, millions of people. Let's, this question is probably more for the people who have these tighter aspects like you do and I do. So are we saying that if something is within one degree, so in other words, within those 60 minutes of one degree, that that's with you every year? Yes, and, sir. And then if we are one degree, one minute up to two degrees, that would be every 
what, two years? I'm just, because we've got a little bit of extra time here, I thought, well, let's drill down on this. So what are we looking at on these in-between degrees? You can get really too preoccupied with the forests for the trees. If it's one degree apart or one degree in five minutes, in the scheme of things, how does that matter? If it's two degrees, I was just talking about my Venus uh, trine Saturn, four degrees apart. Well, fine. All I have to know is an astrologer is every four years I'm under that archetype, that Venus trine Saturn. And Venus is in my 10th house of career. I love, I've always loved my career. To know, you know, and same with you. So, but every four years that Venus is trying Saturn and it becomes built into my sense memory and even my biochemical and electromagnetic fields. It's, they become used to that rhythm. I want to ask you this while you're on yeah. that point, because this just came to mind as you said something, and hopefully people are looking at these charts in the uh, on the links. So you said every four years that's triggered, and yet that separation between Venus and Saturn is six I want to just be clear on so that. You're right. Maybe you're absolutely right. Thank you. I don't know why I'm just I'm losing my mind. Venus is at four degrees, Scorpio, and it is six degrees apart. Thank you for correcting me. It's every six years. So here we go again. So look at the difference when what you're asking. All right, is it really crucial to me? Well, it's not crucial, but it's important for me to be correct about this. It's every six years I am under that Venus trine Saturn aspect. All right, so you can do multiples of six. Six times two, age 12, age 18, age 24, et cetera, et cetera. So it begins to get built into my expectations of life unconsciously that every six years, I'm likely to have a career opportunity or advancement or every six years to have an opportunity to fall in love seriously with somebody. Are you kidding me? Every six years? Well, <laughs> uh, just about, yeah. So it's how these, it, it's this idea that there's so much in the birth chart right there already for you to look at and make something out of everything that you've seen. Okay, so let's go back to your chart then. One other aspect, because I really would like to lock this in. So go to the show notes, pull up Robert's chart, and look at the bottom. You'll see the moon in Aries at three degrees, and then up at the top in the 10th house, Mars is at 22 degrees. So walk us through that, because I just want everybody to get a spread of, we just talked about tight aspects, now we're widening out. And we're still spinning off of Julie's notion, her revelation, that you can move these these planets symbolically to form aspects and, and do one degree for a year and see what you get. For example, here, if you take my moon at three degrees Aries, you can move it forward through Aries and see, well, at some point, it's going to move into this fourth house and depose Mars in Libra in the 10th. And that's going to be a, a moon-Mars opposition at age 19. So what would you expect, any astrologer? First of all, it's a move because it's in the fourth to the 10th house. It has to do with his career. It has to do with his mind and mentality. He is setting off Moon and Aries on a new adventure, mentally and probably physically. And then it has to involve the house matters ruled by the Moon and Mars, which in this case are the seventh house, true, in my case, and also the fourth house, true, I did. That's the year I dropped out of Vanderbilt. 
uh, went to, I moved to Little Rock for, uh, I think, about six months to, to go to the University of Arkansas, Little Rock, just for one semester because I could not get into the Pasadena Playhouse in California until that summer. So I had to do something. So I went to, so I moved twice that year, 19 and 20. Okay, I have That's a, how this works. I have a question because you're keeping the moon in the same sign. Like you talked about. Well, I just want to for, I'm just forming an aspect. I'm just making, I, we could have done anything. We could have moved the moon back one degree and opposed Neptune and, and gotten an event out of that too. Mm. But all I'm doing is just forming, an, forming aspects by moving these planets like Julie was talking about. So when you do that, you can see that, well, gee, if I move this moon forward, it's going to oppose this Mars and this Midheaven and then this Venus at certain ages. Well, you've got a lot of goodies there. You could move it to the sun. Oh, that we all have a lot of goodies. And That's you could move so it, wonderful. as you said, to Neptune, and you're staying yeah. all within the, the sign there. And that's staying within the sign. There's no reason you can't leave the sign. But I really prefer to start anyway by keeping the sign, the planets in the sign there. But yeah, so look at this. I mean, I, I nearly, apparently, I was told this, nearly died. I got into some, I think it was rat poison under the sink or something at age two, one, two. And there you have it. The moon opposite Neptune, poison. Exactly. Which, of course, I do not remember. But what's also interesting about that is that my first memory, and I mean, if you've heard me, stop me, but it's so strange because I can remember, Thomas, the day that my sister was born. I can remember we went down, my dad and I drove to the hospital in Camden, Arkansas to meet her. That was the day that when he brought the baby in for the first time, he had the nurse take it back to make sure they had brought him the right baby because that baby was too dark. Well, it was the right baby. <laughs> and remember this reincarnational thing that I had. Well, anyway, that, so let that. So, but, but that's my first memory. Well, I was two and a half when she was born, but I have a memory and it's totally personal. No one could have told me this, but I vividly remember it. And it was before she was born and it was Christmas because I was sitting alone so i had to be she was born in july so i had to be i was two and a half when she i had to be two two and i was sitting in this little wooden rocker by a wall heater in this apartment that we lived in in a ground floor apartment in in bearden arkansas with the christmas tree up and the lights were on and it was kind of dusk, and I was alone, and very happy, just fine, alone. And I could hear my parents coming up the sidewalk outside, and they were giggling or laughing or something. And I remember them coming in, and I thought they would come in the front door, they came in the front door, and they were different. They weren't bad. They were just different. They were happy, and they were different. And I realized later that they had been next door having a drink or two with the neighbors and that they had left a two-year-old infant alone in a rocking chair. I wasn't scared in the memory, but it's a definite memory. You know, no one could have told me that. So my first earliest memory has to do with alcohol. Interesting to me. Yeah, it is. Hey, I would like in just the last couple of minutes we have here 
for us to hear how you would move it out of a sign. So let's stay with the moon at three degrees Aries, but now move it over to oppose Venus at four degrees Scorpio. Well, you can do that. If you did that, you'd be moving it. If you moved it 30 degrees, it would be at four, it would be at 33 degrees Taurus. If you moved the moon at three areas, moved it forward 30 degrees, that would put it at three degrees Taurus. Well, it still has one more degree to go to oppose Venus. So that would be age 31. And you, what would you expect? It's fourth house and 10th house again. You would expect yet another move for starters, probably in too much better conditions, living conditions. You expect a career advancement of some kind. I'm trying to think back to what was going on when I was 31. I know I was working for American Astrology Magazine because I was with them for about 10 years publishing. Uh, 31, I'm trying to think. You could even consider moving into or out of a relationship, I would imagine. (laughs) Or moving for a relationship. Which we really don't want to talk about. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That's absolutely right. Okay, folks, sorry, we got to go. (laughs) Funny how he forgets. (laughs) Funny how he forgets. Well, you see how we did it, and that was the important thing that I wanted to bring up there. So, yeah, you can, Julie, move them all over the board to come up with these kinds of things. Robert, thank you very much for this information. Great stuff there. Wow, what a... uh, You guys are getting so many valuable techniques in this series. They just keep coming because Robert is loaded with them from his years of astrological practice. If you'd like to consult with him, well, we've got that in the show notes as well. And our YouTube channel is just really going and blowing now. Thanks to all of you subscribing to that. We appreciate it. We're putting all kinds of little shorts on YouTube and TikTok. We've got the Discord going. We have our Trends 2023 Book Club going. You can go to funastrologybookclub.com for information on that. We've got a lot going on with the podcasts and a lot more to come. All the planets are direct motion right now. Jupiter is getting ready to move into Taurus in a few months. We are rolling. we got our eye on it and are following the astrology. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back next time on Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock.